Melanated family. What's going on, man? This is your brother Harrison. Brand new episode of the Melanated Convo podcast. And on this episode, I got a special guest, y'all. I got somebody that I've been rocking with for years. Finally got him on the show. So we're going to have a great interview today. I'm happy to be back in the building. Please do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Go to the Melanated Convo to check out, to check out all the new content. Now, First thing I want to say before we get started, family, this Tuesday, August 30th, this Tuesday at 630, I'm going to be on my sister Felicia K's talk show. First lady point of view talk show. I'll be on a talk show this Tuesday at 630 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you got Comcast Xfinity, it's going to be on channel uh, 1718. If you go, if you have AT&T U versus channel 14. But it's also available on the Fire Stick, the Amazon Fire Stick, Apple Fire Stick, Roku TV Fire Stick. So you can get the show everywhere. I'm excited. This sister has come a long way. I had her on my platform maybe a year and a half ago. And just to see her progress is a beautiful thing, family. So your boy going to be on TV on Tuesday, man. So I need y'all to tune in. You right. feel me? That's going to be this Tuesday yeah. at 630. Now, yes. for my guest, like I always say, I always make it a point to mention where I'm from, right? Like I'm not, I'm from Sacramento, California, and we got a lot of history like everybody else as far as our music scene, as far as the streets that we have in our city. And I'm proud of all that to a degree, you know what I mean? But this brother, I've been knowing this brother since high school, man. This brother is a CEO of his own label, Needed Now Records is his own independent label that he'd been pushing for years. He dropped the label and I've been watching the movement for 20 something years now. now. After the label, I seen the brother pivot and recreate himself with the Sac Report magazine, which is a magazine here uh, that's distributed in the Northern California area. But I'm sure he'd be reaching other people as well that talk that highlight black owned businesses, highlight entrepreneurs, entertainers. This is a pivotal part of our culture here in my city at this point. Then the brother came with the Needed Now clothing line, right? So he's he's progressively um, reinvented himself to make sure he stay involved in his movement. So I like to present everybody, no other than the brother JDK, the underboss. How you doing, man? Man, I am feeling blessed, man. On this Saturday morning, I woke up. You know what I'm saying? My album come out Friday. Shouts out to Felicia K again, you know, because... Uh, I was also featured one of the first prototypes that she had on that show. Mm -hmm. uh, the independent black woman that, that's dope. You can also uh, catch me on the, if you didn't catch the, the, the episodes, it ran like six times in the, in, uh, the beginning. You can go, like he said, on Roku and AT verse and every platform that, you know, it's on and uh, catch up on that. Um, and I'm feeling good, man. The sack report we doing, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because we have an event coming up September 11th. Mm -hmm. Um, which is going to be open to the public. We're going to, you know, on a private invite level to uh, mediate and kind of get rid of the riffraff, but we'll have some good people out there, some great networks um, to celebrate our 25th issue, which is an mm -hmm. anniversary issue. Um, Felicia Kay and Shireen and uh, Swag, Adrian Richardson, Laquana, uh, Mighty Mike, you know what I'm saying? Everybody that's a part of that brand that makes the makeup for DJ Luke, you know, um, um, shouts out to Rolling Papers, one of our sponsors. Um, we just independent right now. I'm just just grinding, bro, and I'm trying to um, keep everything in order and, and keep that positive energy going throughout the city for anybody that may need these outlets. You know what I'm saying? And everything that we have going, Sacramento is still an open window, mm -hmm. and 
you know, the hustle and the grind is the everyday thing. It ain't no, it ain't no timeouts on, on, on uh, what I do pretty much as an independent entrepreneur, you know, being black, it's, it's not easy uh, uh, stepping into some of these doors, but I'm, I'm very fearless. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to business relationships and create new, uh, a new agenda, you know what I'm saying? For myself and everybody around me so we can uh, skate through these doors and knock shit down and, and, and do what we need to do. Definitely. Definitely. And I, and I've witnessed you do that like on a firsthand basis and just seeing everything you do on social media, I'm just completely tapped in to right. your platform. So I see everything you do on bro. But what I want to do for my audience, right. From everybody who may not be from Sacramento, right. This, this brother has a long history in my city musically right. and, and otherwise, you know what I mean? So I want to go back to the beginning a little bit. Now I know you're from Sacramento, but tell me about your, your history in the Bay area. Did you live in the Bay at all at all? When you were like a young dude, I was actually born in Oakland. Mm, okay. And born in Oakland, California. You know, a lot of my family are natives from Oakland. And I uh, was one of the pieces of the family members that, you know, kind of our section, we, we transitioned to the SAC. And we became the SAC brand in the early 80s. You know what I'm saying? We moved up here, 85, 86. You know what I'm saying? Uh, came to the Meadowview area. You know, uh, me and my brothers, my relative, Big Tate, Big Drugs, was already there. So we kind of already had a foundation in the gardens and in that Meadowview community over there. And uh, you know what I'm saying? That's been home ever since. You know, I mean, I, I kind of lived in different sections throughout Sacramento. So um, I was able to familiarize with different communities growing up, going to different high schools. And, you know, I went to Wussy Wood. I went to Hiram Johnson. I went to Howe Avenue. I went to Dyer Kelly. I went to Burbank, mm -hmm. you know, and different junior highs in them different high schools going to have you in different neighborhoods and different hoods. So you're going to stand up or you're going to fall down, you know. And I pretty much stood up at all the local, uh, you know, Sacramento uh, high schools, me and you, we did Burbank. You know, I, I didn't like, I wanted to use these hands on niggas. So they, they ended up putting me out of there, you know what I mean? The first, the ninth grade freshman, you know, and then I was sent off to Hiram Johnson, you know, yeah. to deal with that area of, of youth that was growing up in that community, which was a mixed capsule of Midtown, East Side, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. You know, I just put my back against the wall and uh, deal with JDK, do wherever he go. And I got a lot of, I built actually a lot of friends from, um, you know, moving around, you know what I mean? In these different, you know, uh, school districts and stuff like that. But anywhere, you know, my feet landed, I've always had great relationships. The Bay, I mean, still to this day, you know what I mean? They never forgot that my birth certificate said Oakland. So when I crossed mm -hmm. the bridge, you know what I'm saying? I'm able, I got a key to the city over there. You know what I mean? When I'm in this section over here, you know, it's all about respect. So I earned that, bro. You know, my brother, Roop Dog, for those of you who don't know, was one of the first to put it down out here in SAC. Um, mm -hmm. I, I learned a lot from that experience, you know what I mean? 11, 12 years old, growing up under that umbrella, you know, him and my bro. Um, and, and we all thugged it out, which inspired a lot of more people that um, you hear today in the Sacramento community that's rapping. Like a mm -hmm. lot of that yeah. under our umbrella because we was the first. You know, I wasn't the, I wasn't the second or the third. Like I was one of the first young guys in North, Northern California, period, that was going at it with big wigs. You know what I'm saying? Like I actually broke a record for um, being one of the most active young hip hop artists, you know, at a certain pe uh, time period. I believe that time period was like uh, 93 and 94 mm. because being so young and being in the entertainment business, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was featuring with the big wigs and all of that kind of shit. And all one thing about it is all history is documented. It is. Yep. If you're a real Sacramento cat, then you know, I was on who put sack on the map. I was yep. on Sacramento Kings. I was on Mark Mitchell and Mays album. Yeah. Yeah. 22. I was on Shitty Crew Trafino, a, uh, uh, AK, shots out to Trav. You feel me? I was on his project. 
So those were a lot of the projects that were coming out in the early nineties. You know what I'm saying? And I was, a, I wasn't even supposed to be around, be around them, them niggas, you know what I'm saying? But I, I kicked in the door and uh, uh, made sure I was a part of everything. You know, BG, shouts out to BG. You got to mm. be, drop that album in 93. We was neck to neck. You know what I'm saying? I, shit, I was hype manning for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always yeah. found I always found my way about this with this music shit, being a young hustler. And what that did is developing all of these uh good relationships and watching the game at a young age, it helped me start my needed now clothing brand and my needed now records and, and, and sack report. I was prepared to be an independent entrepreneur because I was trained. I was trained mm. to go. Mm. Hey, that make, that makes a lot of sense. And let me tell y'all a story real quick, y'all. Right. So like I said, me and JDK met in high school, right? And a quick story, because everything he's saying, I just remember what he embodied as a young person. Because here's the, the dynamic, right? I'm a sophomore. He's a freshman. We meet, right? So I'm like, I <laughs> I grew up in the hood, y'all, but I, I've always been more of a square nigga. I'm messing with the chicks. I'm playing basketball. I'm familiar with the environment. Right. Never been a participant, right? And I'm And I stand on that, right? JDK, something different. So when we meet, even though I got brothers and older people around me who was in the shit, <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to talk to JDK, y'all. And again, he a freshman, I'm a sophomore. Right. He was so seasoned. Right. With everything he was talking about. Like right. you can you can tell he was with everything he was talking about in the same energy I seen as him as a kid. I see him put that same energy into the music into the clothing every time i see you everything you doing you putting that same energy into it so i gotta give you love for that family because you've been 100 since i know you you know what i mean man it's a growth trend it's called growth and transition and mm -hmm. like black man we gotta understand we come from these communities where we're not provided the best opportunities so we have to look into ourselves and really dig into our hearts when i was coming to school bro i was coming from the trap bro I was really coming from around the corner and met of you, you know what I'm saying, doing that shit, you feel me? So I have a pocket full of money, y'all know, you, Johnny, all of them. I was treating niggas to lunch, which mm -hmm. y'all want with a pocket full of that, you know what I mean? So it's like coming coming to school, I was really dealing with reality. You know, I was re I really had mm -hmm. a, a, a really situation where I had to, you know, I, I was forced to be a young adult before it was my time to be a young adult. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, I, I was politicking by the seventh grade you know, sixth grade, I was already politicking. So by the time I met y'all in ninth grade, bro, I was around grown men that were, you know, 10 and 20 years older than me and, and shit like that. And I was trained up under that umbrella. You know what I mean? So my level of maturity was like nobody in school understood me, even from mm. from 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 elementary to junior high school. I, I was already like that when I was at Howe Avenue. I, you know, I had my own group of uh, uh, individuals that was riding up under me in fifth grade. You know what I mean? Then when I got transitioned in seventh grade, it was the same thing at Wussy Wood. I had niggas up against the wall, then I came to Burbank. So I, I I was so advanced that everybody wanted to listen to what I was saying. They was like, who is this kid that's like an adult, but he's really, a, you know what I mean? He's really a child. So um, through that experience of, you know, just being in that life, I was able to grow. I was able to say, let me use some of these things that I learned that weren't for the greater good and, uh, you know, package myself up as a young adult and put this shit into this energy into something positive, like a label, like a magazine company, or just, you know, um, really just taking my own dream and putting it in my hands and not complaining about anything or whatever. I was one of the first people from my hood 
that actually put his own money up for everything. Like I put all of my albums out. I paid, mm. you know, for 24, uh, 25 issues for a magazine. And I never really looked for nobody to drop a bag on me. I'm not going to say I did it all by myself. I mean, that wouldn't be true. You know, I had a lot of support and people that were there for me. But I wasn't waiting for a, a label or a baller or nothing like that to do it. You know, every every coin I stacked, man, it went into my grind and my hustle. That's mm. why I created Need It Now Records. Because it's, I embodied that, bro. I really lived that experience. And uh, Definitely. five albums later, you know, fifth project later, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I have no complaints, bro. It's, mm -hmm. it's a God-given uh, situation. It's blessed. We don't never bring negativity out. When we bring people out, we want you to feel safe. We want mm -hmm. you to feel like you're among some good people. You know, I never put my people in the cross. And that's why me and you have a great understanding to this day. And, um, man, I'm real proud of you, you know, because what you're doing is a positive platform for fathers, for artists, for people, uh, black people who may be miseducated uh, uh, and don't know about some of these things. Uh, young adults who may be fathers that need that level of of, um, of guidance because you've been through it hand on, you know, through mm -hmm. your experience. You know, I mm -hmm. watch you like have uh, uh, be a young, be a parent as a young adult. Mm -hmm. yep. I'm your real homie. So I watch yeah. you nigga with at, at 16 13 nigga already with kids and shit you know what i'm saying but so you learned a lot and you have a lot to share to the people as well you know what i'm saying yep that that is that is 100 right there bro and i appreciate you for saying that so real quick though talk to me about like because you were just mentioning how pretty much you're able to navigate and maneuver and and um like ingratiate yourself with everybody in our city and everywhere that you go like talk to me about how important that is like being from urban environments how important is it to make sure you represent yourself a certain way so you can go anywhere because we understand a lot of the problems that our young brothers be having with each other from music or just being involved in the streets you can step in some shit easily you know what i mean and i've seen you navigate it damn near perfectly talk to me about how important that is and how you was able to do that well I mean, I would say that communication is very important when you go into, you know, to different places and stuff like that. Like if you um, if you were in the streets and like I don't use the word oppos opposition because everybody uses that type of word. I try to steer away from shit that everybody is doing and keep that originality, bro. So if you walked in the park the way you were supposed to walk in the park and you handled your business or whatever in different communities everywhere you get. And you didn't show no weaknesses and it ain't really no smut on your name as a man. You know what I mean? First, and you able to endure people with respect. You know what I'm saying? And your energy is validated. Man, you can pretty much step anywhere you want, man. It's like a dog smell fear. He going to bite you on your ass if he know you're coming around there, you know, bringing problems. When I come, bro, I bring so much love to these cities. When I came, you know, come to the Northwest. When I come to the Bay, when I come, to, you know, to all of these hoods in Sacramento, whether, whether I'm dealing with. Crips, Bloods, or whatever, whatever. I have what you call allies. Hmm. I know people in every, all of these communities. I'm going to know some important people or whatever I can pull up on. And when I'm around my allies, I, I treat them the same way when they come on my grounds. So it's a mutual relationship. I could go to L.A. I got Damus I can call, Keyways, and I, and I know I'm safe when I'm there. Okay, where's the barbershop? Where's the soul food? We're going to move out. I could, you know, and I built that alliance city to city, state to state, Miami, Houston, uh, uh, Seattle, you know, uh, uh, Bakersfield, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, New York, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jamaica, 
uh, Japan, you know what I mean? Dubai, you know what I mean? I have, I have a, 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 someone to call that I built a solid relationship with before I even came to their community. So mm -hmm. when I'm coming, their friends already know about me because we've been embraced on positive energy. Like if you walked it the right way, bro, your relationship should be solid enough for you to go to these other communities with respect. And as long as you ain't really stepping on nobody's toes or fucking with nobody money or, you know, trying to uh, sleep with someone's woman or something like that. Like, I don't do none of the snake shit, bro. See, me being pure hearted, you know, I don't even want to use the term real recognized real. But a man could look you in, the, in your eyes and tell where your soul is, bro. And when I be in these hoods mm -hmm. and shit like that, I remind these people of somebody that they grew up with. When I was in Houston, mm -hmm. I met a cat from Detroit. He said, man, I, I, I reminded him of somebody from Detroit. He said, if I went yeah. where he's from, I would fit right in. When I went to New York, it was the same thing. When I went to Miami, them niggas was like, where you from, bro? You you, you good out here, bro. We like your energy. When I went to Arkansas, to Tylet, Arkansas, in the middle of nowhere, shouts out to all my family out there in Tylet, Hot Springs, you feel me? When I went way out there, bro, I was out there on the dirt road with, 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 with my cousins, and they was all Crips with blue rags and shit. They loved me. By the end of the week, they didn't even want me to leave. So hey, you got to bring that energy, bro, that people can respect wherever you go. And, and you you ain't gonna have no problems. The world is your is your field to play in. It, it's your hustle playground. You know what I mean. You can pick and choose your battles, and just stay away from bullshit. You know what I mean. Don't mix yourself in nothing that you know you ain't got nothing to do with. I'm not coming to your town trying to trying to take over your block, bro, or mm -hmm. do anything like that. I'm coming focused. I got some some shit to give you. I got a poster to give you. I got a magazine to give you. I got a T-shirt to give you. You feel me? It's marketing and branding with me, bro. It's always business and respect, homie. And then I'm a black man. My skin is, is valuable. I don't need no gold chains and gold teeth and all of that shit to be me, bro. I'm, 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 I'm solid and solidified with who I am as a person. So a nigga could see that. I'm not coming with no fake shit. I'm coming with straight heart, bro. And every time I do that, nigga, I don't have no problems. I'm good. Hey, that, hey, it makes so much sense, bro, because I, I know you telling the truth, but I've seen you pull up to environments by yourself and as i listen to you talk it's making more sense because every time it's been on business right it can be in a club environment it can be in a quiet any all the environments it's obvious why you there you right. see what i'm saying you make it obvious that you're there for business and i think like you're saying if you approach things that way that's how a lot of young dudes can prevent having problems yeah. when you when you're mission oriented Everybody can see that. You know what I mean? So one thing I want to touch on, somebody, somebody don't actually know about you. So tell me, like, when did you when did you actually start rapping? Like, what age did you pick up a pen and start writing raps? Bro, I had an education rap that I did, you know, because I was a hardhead, bro, in elementary, like I told you. And the teacher seen me turning it around. You know, she's she seen the potential in me. She said, uh, if you graduate and you're able to walk the stage or whatever, Cause I was rapping way in elementary. Mm. She said, and I hear what you're back there doing. Cause I was in this, inspired by the people around me. They were already into it. So I'm back there writing shit. She said, if you graduate and you clean your grades up, I'm going to have you do an education rap in front of the whole graduation ceremony. What, uh, what grade was this? This was sixth grade at Dyer Kelly elementary. And it was called education rap, bro. That was the first rap I ever did publicly in front on, on the stage in front of people or whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And that really sparked my confidence, bro, just off doing the education rap. Once I did, because I was so much of a hard head little fuck up, 
she was like, I really see the potential in you. And I brought my grades around, bro. And I did everything that I was supposed to do. And I was able to grace the stage with the education rap. You know what I mean? Still to this day, that shit stick with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was it. Education rap was 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 the start of, start of it. Then my brother, Rupe, he was already signed to AWOL. So I already was like, okay, I got to catch up with it. I got to get over here and get with the shit. You feel me? So I transitioned them education raps into some gangster shit. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Boy, at 11, 12 years old, I was on shit, on albums and doing single songs and hype man and, and everything, mm. you know, but it all started from an education rap, bro. Okay. Cause I remember that. So you saying 11 and 12, you yeah. was on people's albums doing a hype man. When did you drop your first studio album? I was featured on that album. The first project I was ever featured on first before I dropped the album. See, the thing is this. These times that we live in now, a nigga could just put out an album, bro. You had to work your way up to that. You got to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was around Sebo. I was around Root Dog. I was around the real shit, bro. You wasn't just, we wasn't going to just put you out. You know what I'm saying? We're going to put you on a few of these albums and shit like that, bro. We're going to see how you wiggle. We're going to see how the streets, you know what I'm saying? But my shit was so impactful that honestly, I feel like, I really feel like the people around me kind of didn't even really know what to do with it. Because it was just so unique and, and 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 it was marketing wasn't something that we were taught from the streets. All we knew how to do was have raw talent, bring that shit to the studio, find a baller, and, and that nigga gonna put the shit out. What no what a lot of these outlets that you see now didn't even exist, like um internet and all that, you know, and different things like that. If I would have had some of the tools that maybe they have now, um, I think I would have put out more solo music or whatever, whatever, because people would have tuned in and said, Who's that kid? So what I did for a lot of the times I featured, I featured on Catch-22. I was on, like I said, Who Put Sack on the Map, Sacktown Kings, Marv Mitchell and May's album in 95 and 94. So I was building my resume from 93 to whoop. Then I, what I always did since I was on the road, I kept a solo song. And um, even if it wasn't out, that was the song that I wanted to perform to build my representation. When I lived in Seattle, I, I, I did music out there. I went to um, the studio out and I created a song. I did 11 shows out there within within like a year. So How old were you then, JDK? How, how that, old were you then? That was later on in my transition. At that mm. point, I was probably about 19, 20. Mm. So, at, you know, and, and I did this in um, within a year process. So I had recorded a couple songs or whatever, whatever. And um, and I was doing that every time me and Root got down or whatever, whatever, you know, I would come out. The song was called The Art of the Underboss. Art of Underboss. I recorded that at Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's, uh, Johnny's house. Johnny, 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 I can't even think of the guy's uh, last name. They were twins. They stayed in Federal Way, Washington. But I recorded that shit. So um, every time I got down, I did The Art of. And then in the earlier stages before that, in the early 90s, I had Shades of Ism, which was featuring Ty Bud. Uh, I don't, you, you got to look into you remember that yeah 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 that was on uh who put sack on the map mm -hmm. so shades of ism was 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 me ty bud and savage um based on it i was young you know and i was uh wasn't able to handle the business side of everything the song says featuring root dog i mean J, uh, root dog and then featuring jdk mm -hmm. but that was really me and my two young comrades on there so every time we had a show then, I would bring them niggas out. We would perform that. So I always found a way to make myself relevant as, at a young age. Then um, when I got to the point where it was time for me to just start doing my own albums, I was well-seasoned, well-mature. You know what I'm saying? I, everything I learned in the experience of watching my friends have experience. I had five homeboys that put out an album hmm. all, with, all at the same time. Some of them was on major labels. 
You know, Trav was fine to Tommy. Uh, 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 BG was fine to out the drought. Mitch uh, out the drought. Mitch and them had a situation. Mm-hmm. We had we had realism records. Then you know, years after that, Goodfella and all of that shit came along. So it was so many labels attached to my community mm-hmm. that I got a great experience of how these guys out of these communities was trying to run these labels. You know, and the fundamentals with all of us started, bro. Like if you from Meadowview, you a real solid. You from my side, you grew up in Dayspring Outreach. So that's where the fundamentals for a lot of us started at because I had a dad, bro. I had a, a, a mom. A lot of these niggas didn't have no dads and shit like that. So Wayman Logan and them was like they father figures and all of that and different things like that. And that brought a lot of people together. You know what I'm saying? And, and we yeah. all one big family. Like a lot of the rappers was a part of that. I was a part of that. Root was a part of that. Mitch was a part of that. Uh, BG was all, we were all day spring outreach, bro. Damn. Hey, so wait, one thing I want to go back to real quick. Because this is something I wanted to that that I had in my notes here about you. Talk to me about that experience with your dad. Like when you was growing up, because I always see you with him, I can tell there's like a genuine affinity for your father. Did you grow up with him in the house or how was your relationship when you was a young dude? Well, my father has always been a great father. And that's the thing. When you when you can look into a man and see his level of morals his standards and the way that he raises his child, you know what I'm saying? You can't do nothing but respect that. It's like my mom and dad, you know, they weren't married or anything like that. But um, I come from a real, some solid people, the Hendrixes, you know what I'm saying? My dad was like, even if this situation is not going to be me and you, me and me and your mom, I'm going to make sure you stay grounded and rooted because it's so much over, so much information for me to share with you over here he's still my best friend you know what i'm saying like we still chop it up you know that nigga my hero bro it's like and and he showed me what being a man was he worked retired and you know what i'm saying when nigga my dad didn't caught when caught caught the bus up here to sacramento before man to take me school shopping and shit like that when his car wasn't working or whatever whatever he's made those sacrifices that a real man is supposed to to make if you want to be able to your son to be able to look at you and say that's what a man you know how a man is supposed to treat his father my dad was such a great example of that, that um, even with my mom and him not being in the same household, bro, the level of respect was there. And the time that I spent, we worked on them principles. You know, we, we, we got to know each other. We got to deal with real family. We went to reunions and we bonded. You know, we went out and had real manly conversations, how a man is supposed to do. He taught me how to shake your hand and, and shit like that and squeeze it hard. So you, you look a man in his eye and all the things that you're supposed to know as an adult, you know what I mean? Because my mama couldn't teach me this shit. So when yeah. it got to the point where my mama couldn't teach me this shit, I would go to pop. You know, That's I went a couple weeks to pop, and it wasn't my type of lifestyle. You know, my dad was a juvenile hall probation counselor, and he was an athlete like a motherfucker. He lived deep east in deep east Oakland. Everybody knew Mr. Hendrix, you know, Mr. Hendrix in the 60s. Hard, you feel me? So, nigga, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking around like the ghetto. You feel me? Like, <laughs> real. You get your motherfucking... Excuse my French, bro, but you finna get your shit knocked down if you if you play with anybody. So that's mm-hmm. what I had to spend my summers at and then go back to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I'm on an international E14. Everybody know where that's at by the going walking to the Rainbow Center, bro. Getting bread and shit like that, shooting hoops in the gym. You feel me? Right there, mm-hmm. right, right by Sin City and all of that shit. So it's like I got to experience and he wasn't telling me to go sell drugs or nothing like that. He was just a pillar of that community. Mm-hmm. But I, I um I, I fuck with my dad, bro, because like I said, they come from a grounded foundation. 
and 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 that helped me be a better man, bro. That that really really you know still to this day I can pick it up, man. Pick the phone up, man, and get some great game, man, from Mister Lee Henry, bro. I can I can tell, bro, and that's why I I brought up that question, JDK, because I understand the importance of a father like that. Sometimes because so many of us didn't have it, we normalize that level of trauma. Every man need to have a man around that can provide him some type of tutelage because not one time did I hear you say something specifically about money. I think sometime a lot of our young fathers get it fucked up because they don't have what it takes financially possibly, but you got to be there. It's really just the investment of time and bro, you know what I mean? Bro, that, that man has so much integrity, you know, raising me. My dad got two legs missing right now, bro. Mm. And, I, and I deal with him from that angle, you know what I'm saying? With two legs missing and all of that. But one thing never went nowhere, bro, is his brain, bro. That nigga sharper than a Ginsu. Mm. So when it's time to, to to verbalize and have those adult conversations and and, and 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 really allow him to do what he's able to do mentally, he's still all the way there. And it takes a lot of integrity, bro, because people will leave you in the dark. Like your kids will leave you, they'll say, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? We don't, nigga, yep. you over there and ain't got no leg. You know what I'm saying? That's my dog. You know what I'm saying? I burned the house down over him. And and that's because of all the, the good things that he installed in me and, and the dedication. You know, it wasn't all about finance. You know, he kicked me down. He, he looked out for me, made sure moms had a couple extra money. You know, you got to remember, we was growing up, bro. $150 a nigga was a lot. Mm -hmm. my, right. my, my dad gave my mom $150, nigga, every week for me to do what I needed to do, even in Sacramento. Hmm. It was $150. I don't care if the nigga spending on Captain Crunch. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. this is that that's a level of, of integrity that, you know, I grew up under, you know, and then my brothers, you know, the Jeffrey, you know, my all, you know, the Carters and everybody. It's like we all kind of came from that type of stuff. So when you put it all in a boiling pot, you have uh, a great example of what a black man should be, you know, because we wasn't just hood. You know, we had good people in our lives. We had people around us that did good things in our family, mm -hmm. you know, outside of just the regular street shit. I got to, you know, be around some 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 well-seasoned individuals that uh was really sharp in what they did. You know, mm -hmm. whether pimping a hoe, whether it was, you know, working a uh, working a business, whether it was working being a detective, whatever motherfucker was into, they did it good. You know what I'm saying? And I studied their game. You know what I'm saying? And uh I think it takes a, a boiling pot of information to make you the best you you could possibly be, bro. And my dad, he he installed a lot of that good shit in me, man, and it's in my heart. Definitely, definitely. And and I can and I can tell and that makes sense because when you talk about your upbringing and everything that had to happen like on a street side of things, but then having that male tutelage is hella important, bro. And we got so many men out here who don't even realize they acting like they mama sometimes. Right, like that's a harsh reality of black men in America that we don't talk about enough. I've had to deal with this. Right. Sometimes you need to realize, nigga, you. You you you're you're acting the way you seen the adult in the house act in that type of situation, and it just so happened it was your goddamn mama. So the right. importance of manhood is 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 so underrated in our community when it comes to certain shit. That's why I'm happy to salute you and like right. look at everything that you're doing because your consistency in your grind has been unmatched. And, and and actually talk to me about that. Like all these years, bro, what's kept you motivated to keep rapping? Honestly, bro, when you when you put something in your, you know, in your in your an ingredients in your heart, when something is just in you, bro, and um, you know, it becomes a part of your life. 
like music, it runs through my soul, bro. Like, like for real, for real. So I'm ha I'm a happier person. You know what I'm saying? When mm -hmm. I'm music, no matter what, I'm like, you know, when Mary J. Blige and all of them be going through shit or whatever, and they always make their best music. Music became my therapy, bro, at a young age, because when I was in the streets doing all of that kind of shit, I talk about a lot of things that I really went through in my music. A lot of my music is not mumble. You won't, you won't hear me exaggerating, nothing like that. Like all the shit I'm talking about on this Research Junkie album um, produced by Airplay Beats, bro, like those the, that energy right there is the same, same level of energy I kept on every project. So I, I, I look at it like music is therapeutic for me. When I'm away from it, I'm not in a good space. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This shit been in my blood for so many years. Like, and the homies ain't gonna let me drop it. When you do this shit good, without being cocky and arrogant and all of that, because I'm so much of a humble soul that niggas will walk up to me and be like, bro, when that album come out? Normally, mm -hmm. I hear that a hundred times. That's when I know it's time to get back in the lab. And that makes sense because, because I, you know, knowing that we was gonna talk, I stepped outside of knowing you personally and said, no, let me do my job, right. research everything I can about the brother. And right. hey, check it out, y'all. Like JDK, I've been listening to hip hop music for 20 something odd years. Like we come from the late 80s, 90s hip hop, which where, where shit had to be a certain way. And I've seen the progress in your music. And now I listen to uh, 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 the new agenda a little bit earlier. You know what I mean? The extremist is my shit. It's a lot of high level hip-hop um in your music bro just conceptually right when we talk about rhyme pattern when we talk about beat selection when we talk about the aggression and the pain in your lyrics right all that's there bro, when you listen to your music let me explain something to you what i learned about my my uh myself and my musical journey that's why when i go to, to and, and talk to these dudes from new york and shit like that bro they feel it when i go to the h-town like they feeling this shit they like bro this is what we on right here they like you don't sound like when them just just the local joker like regular cat i don't like i pick the beats that people don't want i i, I try to, to to dare myself to be different i don't mm. want to sound my shit to sound like everything that you hear on you know whatever whatever so i go in my own bag and make sure that i'm my best critic you know what i'm saying and get this shit to where it's supposed to be so the world is you know because i'm making music for the world i ain't making music for the homies i'm making music for everybody in the world across the globe bro like they play my music in over 30 countries on spotify mm -hmm. they follow me you know all over the world from spain to india to dubai i got fans in australia now in jamaica you know my um my track listening as far as my analytics is starting to grow bro so my shit is spreading like a wildfire right now. I can't just make the local joke of music. And I've been figured that out when I was a youngster. Like, bro, this shit is for the world. It ain't just for the hood. And so the thing I do is I, I think about that nigga in New York. I think about the cat in Milwaukee. I think about, the, you know, the little cat in the Bay. I think about the niggas in L.A., man, riding up Crenshaw and, and all that type of shit before I, you know what I mean? And I try to make sure I feed all of them because I'm going to pull up on all of them niggas and be like, check this project out, bro. So when I come, I got to be a quick, I got to be loaded. You know what I'm saying? When I'm pulling up, my clip got to be full with extension. You know what I mean? I can't be coming up, you know, traveling and shit like that, bro. Like nobody had heard me at the this last event I had did. As soon as the music come on, it spoke for itself. It was a line. Like I said, it was people gravitate to, to powerful shit. It was a line of people like, can I get your number? Will you do a feature? All of that. So however you serve it to the people, that's how you going to get it, bro. And I've been serving this shit since I was 12, bro. To the yeah. people are like standing up with grown men, you know what I mean? Niggas that have been to the pen and all kind of shit and going crazy. And that's been what I was known for, bro. Like I come from the ciphers, I come from the the real, the real deal. You know, like you said, I, I earn this shit. So 
I can never give it up. I always got to give them my best every time, bro. And every mm-hmm. album always sound different. It, inside, hey. inside the Underboss, Extremist, yep. Agenda, all of those are two all different mentalities because I was going through different shit on every project, bro. That makes sense. And I got to give you props because I've been listening since you, you know, since you've been a teenager, I've been listening to your music. But like, because again, I'm a real hip hop head, the musical side of things, like con- conceptually how people approach music and like your songwriting ability, the ability to put hooks together, melodies. I'm like, damn, I I know this nigga, but this nigga a professional. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I was around somebody the other day. I did a podcast. Um, shouts out to Air uh Airplay Live. Um, I did a you know, I've been doing every other day, I've been knocking shit out. You know what I mean? Last night I did uh one hype radio, you know what I mean? That's available now. Uh like I said, we did all access, I mean all of these different little jones. But sometimes I go up in these situations and you know, we do visualers, I'm rapping, I'm putting the music is on, and people are really looking at me like, bro, like that been around us, like, bro, you really rap, like you ain't bullshit, you know what I mean? And um, being melodic, you know, being uh, fearless is, is very important in the, in the industry. Like you got to go, your, your, your voice is a, is a, is an instrument. Mm. So you have to learn how to use your voice as an instrument. And that's what I know how to do. I know how to, if I want to, if it's about pain, I'm bringing that pain out. If it's on some player shit, we bringing that player. If it's on some melodic shit, I even know how to harmonize, you know what I mean? To make it all, you know what I mean? I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Books and shit like that, you know what I mean? Like I be on the road getting to a check. I yeah, mean, yeah, to, you know what I mean. Be able to do that type of shit. And when your voice is there, bro, when you got it in a lot of different ways, my nigga, you got to be fearless because you know who you are. Can't nobody tell you what you are, or what you gonna do. And mm. it's you, bro. It's not nobody else's responsibility to make sure that this shit works. So me knowing, oh, I'm fearless, man. When I'm going in these studios, I want to give y'all everything y'all want, man. When this shit drop. And uh, next Friday, bro, I feel like this research junkie is everything y'all want. Hmm. Now, so talk to me about like, because the lyrical approach that you take, like like the veracity in which you approach making music, it's, it's always been there. But tell me about like music has changed over the past like 10 and 15 years. Once all this mumble rap shit came, once all the... Uh, the the little t- the T Pain sound effect shit came. What made you steer away from that? What what made you say I'm gonna stick to how I do this and trust my process, opposed to just falling in line? Because right now, bro, I love hip hop so much, but when I'm listening to music, it's so many people that sound alike. You know what I mean? You know why? Because Jay Z is still a millionaire. Uh, Jada Kiss is still a millionaire. Uh, Styles P is a millionaire with a juice with the juice bar. Uh, uh, Benny the Butcher and that Griselda movement has been on the rise for the last I don't know how many years and all of that mm-hmm. kind of shit. So what I learned, it's a lane for everybody. Twalib, Kwali, and all of them are still touring and doing shit like that. You know what I'm saying? In England and London and all that. Whatever your lane is, bro, music is 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 a heartfelt object. You use it correctly. Everybody uses mu- their object in music the way that they want to use it. Them youngsters that have that level of style, they have an audience for that. You know what I'm saying? So I try not to be the OG that look at them like, all oh, them niggas is mumbling. That's their little audience, a little whoopty whoop, you feel me? But it's now the shit is coming full surface and it really never went nowhere because um, a lot of that shit is hit and miss. You know, you notice a lot of these artists that you hear, either they're, they're, they don't have enough discipline to really run themselves in a situation to where they ain't niggas is dying every day in, in hip hop. 
motherfuckers is knocking shit down and all of that. That's because they don't have that education and the training that some of those more seasoned artists do, like Buster Rhymes and different people like that. Them niggas are still living like kings, bro. So you have to understand it in every genre. It's going to be this trend of things coming through. And it's a lane for it, bro. You know, it's a lane for them right now with that mumble shit or whatever. I mean, I don't ain't a lot of it. It's a couple artists, young young cats that I like. And I and I and I rock with them tough. You know what I mean? I listen to their shit because they go. You feel me? And it's a lot of youngsters that be like, oh gee, you be on that shit. So mm. what it is is you have to bring people into your world as an MC. If you really a master of the ceremony, like when I went out there and did, like I told you, did the show, I brought people into my world. So every day, every time you subscribe to JDK the Underboss, you're in my world now. Now mm. you can see all of these videos. Now you get to hear different melodies. You get to hear this different music and stuff like that. So really, I think, bro, it's about being confident with what you do and just bringing people into your musical world or whatever and letting people join, you know what I'm saying? And, and opening the door and having something for everybody, even if it ain't the mumble shit or whatever, whatever. Like I sometimes I, I sit the youngsters in my car and be like, bro, listen to this shit. They be like, unk, this shit go, bro, on my mama, you feel me? So you got to have, you got to give samples out. You got to give taste testers out and stay relevant within your young community. So I don't ever try to, to just make my shit strictly for the OGs. I make my shit for everybody and build a balance. You know what I'm saying? As long as you got some good music, bro, everybody gonna fuck with you. You know that, what I'm saying? That, that makes sense. Now, something else I just thought of, because I asked Bueno about this when I talked to him, because this is something I always thought about. Like, I'm in a lot of us who are fans of hip hop. We've never been in the studio. We've never had to go through the, the process you guys have to go through. So going through this process, does that make you look at music differently? Like when I'm, because when you listening to somebody that, Maybe people don't like or maybe people are criticizing in a particular way. Do you have a different ear for what you listening to based on your experience? Well, if you're a good artist, bro, my thing is this. You have to be a good listener and you still have to be a fan of the music. Hmm. So I'm still a fan of the music. And in my process and doing the music, it all pretty much goes on what I'm going through in life. Like, again, I tell people I've recorded this, lab, this, this album that I just dropped. I'm dropping Friday. I did that in two sessions. So that means mm -hmm. I went to the studio two times and I knocked out the whole process. Then I did one more session to clean up vocals. Now, some of these albums can take weeks depending on what a nigga going through. It may not be coming out like that. A nigga might be only able to get a verse out and a hook today. All right, I'm going to come back to it. You know what I'm saying? But my momentum and motivation was so on point for this research junkie. Man, I was able to knock that shit down. And in the process of being a research junkie, I was listening to good music. So that was my thought process. I was uh, learning and educating myself on a lot of new things, you know what I'm saying? And just trying to install as much information in my in my brain as I possibly could before I went to that studio and uh, express myself. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? All my expressions came out the way I wanted them to come out, bro. Nigga, what, nigga wasn't biting his tongue on this one. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now. I'm all in. Now. Something else I've always been thinking. Now, when you, like, coming up with lyrics, is this something you do in the studio? Or do you, is it everywhere? Like, driving, going somewhere? Like, how do you, what's your writing process like? Once I put it on the pen, it's in my head, bro. I read over it, and then it's stuck. If it's up, it's stuck. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like, I came in the game with no regrets. Research junkie nigga, fuck your threats. Three the hard way, me, Roop, and Nooch. Hustle all day until my bundle was through. Fear no nigga, I fight the whole street. Now I kick back just like a OG. Get your shit straight, I have a date with death. I don't hang with niggas that hate they self. 
Really mm. fly to be fucking with lames. No patience when you speak my name. At 10 years old, I was ahead of the game. From sack to the bay, nigga, we getting paid. I was walking down Shrine Street to 6900. Straight to Danger Island, nigga, we was really funkin'. John Slow shit, nigga, we can really chunk him. By junior high school, nigga, I was really dumping. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first song on the album, Research. That's how the album come on. So y'all know what I'm giving you. You understand what I'm saying? I want y'all to know who the fuck I am. I'm bringing y'all into my world completely, bro. Need It Now Records, full effect. Um, again, like I said, bro, sep September 11th, we're going to be doing that. Um, you're invited if, you, if you're yep. available to mm -hmm. come on out and let people know about your platform, September mm -hmm. Um, it'll be in uh, Fair Oaks area, strictly invitation only. You know you got an invite coming. You know, some great vendors going to be out there. We're going to have good music. I'm going to be cooking some good yes, shit. Y'all come get some ribs and some chicken, man. Now, made, made by the underboss. You feel me? Definitely. Now, and I always see you. Hey, you be on your grill shit, too. I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you. <laughs> I'm cooking like a motherfucker right now. You know what's on the menu, bro? It's, I got uh, I got some smothered turkey wings going on right now, man. Damn, you feel me? So it's funny that the name. Can I show the people, can I show the people what I'm? Go doing ahead, today? show. Go ahead, come on. Now. Let, me, let me take y'all. Let me take y'all over here so y'all know I ain't just fronting, nigga. <laughs> this shit should be done by now. You feel me? This boy be on the grill. You know what I'm saying today we, you know, like I said, I'm gonna I'm show you niggas, man. Give you niggas some tippers, man. I'm gonna show y'all what I'm working on, man. See, this has never been done on the show. This, I, I'm gonna take y'all home today. <laughs> I don't think this shit is done. These niggas don't know it. Their grandmas didn't raise them right. Let me show you, boy. Can you see that? Yeah, let me. Oh, okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. Huh? I see you. Yeah, go down a little bit more. There we go. Yeah. Huh? Let me put a little juice on that so you can. <laughs> you know I ain't doing no plan with this shit, babe. JDK ass be cooking, y'all. He always on the grill. Something, something lovely, too. Hey. Smothered turkey wings, man. You see that shit? Have you come up? Yeah, that's gonna thicken up and be real nice, man. And so I stay yeah. the dry shit, man. You know, I, one thing I learned is the more you do, man, for yourself, the less you got to deal with sucker shit. You can't even mm. trust people cooking your food no more, man. Mm. Mm. That's real shit. Motherfucker spitting your shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you one thing, hell yeah, hell yeah. Now, now, one thing I was thinking of too, because we gonna get into before we go, we gonna get into the like the idea behind the new album, right? Like what, what were you thinking when you went into the title and just everything going on with it? But I just thought of something too. I remember back in the day, we came over to the apartment one time, you know what I mean? We had to, you know what I mean? But we came over to your apartment one time and JDK y'all had like every hip hop magazine that was available for a person to consume, right? right? So he had like, he had like every hip hop magazine was on the ground. On the TV was like a documentary, like a hip hop documentary. He had hella hip hop documentaries right next to the TV. You know what I mean? So I say all that to say, bro, you've been rooted in what you've been doing. Because when I seen your magazine, the first thing I thought about was when I came to your apartment and seen. Right. Hey, and I'm gonna keep it real. I was in Metal Glen where you talking about yeah. over there, nigga. I was yeah. in, I was in the trenches. But see, that's why why this is what I want people to know. It's always turn a negative situation into a positive. Even though we was in the hood at that time or whatever, whatever, man, I was already educating myself. And a lot of things like Smack DVD, mm -hmm. like out the Smith of that, you feel me? All of that shit was helping me develop to come up, 
DVD and you know what I'm saying? And all of that stuff and them, and them documentaries and all of them books and shit I was reading. That was me developing my ed- self-education. I was self-educating myself at that time. And you smart because you pay attention, bro. I was really gaming myself so I could be ready for this shit because I didn't have no magazine then. I didn't have no distribution deal or nothing. You feel me? I, I just, um at that point, I had put my first mixtape out with the 40 songs on it. Remember Order in the yep. Street when yep. I was tank and all of that kind of shit selling that in the streets mac dre everybody was on it so mm-hmm. i was really developing and then i put secret society out after that. with uh uh with my dj homeboy you feel me from from southern cal so i was developing you know who i was and the game was just coming to me i started developing relationships with like dimple records and uh all of that you know it's like but that was my roadmap to really to really get myself in a position to grow as who I was as an individual. Those those magazines and DVDs, I was reading that shit. I was studying to come up and smack and all of that, how they was doing things, how they was marketing and, you know, what the sounds was and the shit like that. That kept me gamed up. I had a homeboy from New York used to sell me the DD, uh, DVDs and I would just cop them. You feel me? For like 20 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. With and the on them and all of that shit. You feel me? Yeah. I had, Every hip hop DVD that you could, I'm talking about Cheddar DVD, The Come mm-hmm. Up. I had Smack. I had Cocaine City with Frenchie before uh, French Montana before niggas even knew who Frenchie was. You know what yep. I'm saying? So I was taking a look into other people's journeys. You know what I'm saying of life and adding that shit with mine. Cause really, bro, when you travel, you recognize all of this shit is the same. Mm-hmm. You got you got rats, fakes, suckers, snitches, real niggas, hustlers, and everywhere you go, bro, you just gotta know your lane and who you fuck with. I don't. I know my lane. So that's why I don't win. Another reason I don't get caught up in bullshit when I come. Because when I see you ain't got my type of energy, nigga, I'm going to stay 15 football fields away from you. Mm-hmm. You ain't mm-hmm. got to worry about me. I don't want to hit your blunt or nothing. Nigga, I travel with my own weed. Real shit, real shit. And I don't, it's too much. It's, it's monkey pox. It's fentanyl. It's too much dangerous things going on, bro. I don't yeah. even, I don't, if I don't have to deal with human contact, bro, I stay the fuck out of people's face. Real shit. And you feel I me? brought up that story about the magazines in his apartment y'all because people don't realize everybody listening to me that's a creator everybody that's trying to create something everybody that's trying to perfect a skill outside of working a job outside of corporate america outside of this system the shit takes time family when we talk about the ten thousand hour concept right like you got to do something for ten thousand hours so you get bro this when I'll see JDK perform, I'm listening to the new music. This shit is this is professional hip hop that you can put next to anybody that's rapping. Play his song next. It's going to be right in line with it. This is 20 years, though. This ain't like picking up a mic, got your computer and I'm going. It's researching. It's loving it. It's the 10,000 hours. You know what I mean? JDK? Right. And you know what's crazy, man? I re- when I hear people say that the truth is the truth, bro. So a lot of the conversations that the shit that you saying, people then came and sat on my couch, bro, recently and said, hey, man, I live, you know, out of town, man. And I got your shit in rotation with everybody else. And when your music come on, man, it's right there. You can ask my wife, man. She'll tell you. I got that JDK riding with you. So now I really, really recognize it's, it's, it's coming to me now. I really I get it. You know what I'm saying? But what I want the world and everybody that's watching, man, to, just to get it, man, to go on there and subscribe to them channels to get those experiences. The JDK, the underboss, two words, man, that's all it takes for you to type in. And then you can come in, into my world and understand why these people feel like this, because I'm putting blood, sweat and tears to, into everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Like people don't understand how, how, how much work it takes to do this. You know what I'm man. saying? right here you know what i'm saying 
this is 32 pages worth of a magazine that I have to organize and, and, and make sure that, you know, this is there, you know, the graphic designers is on point. Uh, you know what I mean? The bills get paid over here with this and all that kind of shit. So bro, like I learned, you gotta be a perfectionist. I'm only getting better with time, you know? And that's because this is God's plan, bro. It ain't even my, it ain't, it's, it's bigger than me. This shit, they yeah. got JDK. You know what I'm saying? So when it get bigger than people, but yourself, you got to give people jobs. I've seen you doing that, bro. And, uh, jobs, yeah. bro. Now, if you want to work, you want to push, you want to, you know, promotion, you want to be involved with the mag, you want to, you know what I'm saying, street team, you want a hype man, whatever, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I, it's a position in a role for you. If you got your own business and you want to sponsor what we do in these movements and tours or whatever, whatever, it's a role in a position for you, bro. Like, you can't do this shit by yourself. Hmm. So when you lose yourself, that selfish mentality, you know, uh, everything will start flowing in the way it's supposed to flow in. You know, yeah. Allow people. I, I I give this to the game to the to the young artists that's coming up. Allow people to play their part. Don't mm -hmm. allow a snake to bite your motherfucking ass, but allow some people that you know what I mean that are on the same page as you to come in and fulfill those gaps that you may not be educated enough to fulfill. Because this mm -hmm. shit is business. It's not a hobby. You mm -hmm. know, I'm in the music business, not the rap game. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. I'm not a rapper, bro. I'm an entertainer. I'm an entrepreneur. I have a label. I've had artists that I've had and dropped and gave them back and all kind of shit. So it's like, we ain't, you know what I mean? We grow from our experiences. Now we sitting in boss positions, you know, and the best way for me to navigate at this point in my life is with other bosses. Mm. And that people makes have, a lot of sense. That makes, you know and, I mean? I, and I always tell people, bro, like the, it, it, it's a journey to get to where you're trying to go. You can't really put a time on it. You can't really put a stamp on when this shit going to be over or when you got to stop. It's a grind, bro. And yeah. watching your progress, I've seen the progression and people don't realize everybody wants shit immediately. Right. The social media age that we living in with the internet, with just how the young people are today, everybody wants shit like that. And nothing worth having is right. going to come immediately. You got to work towards it. You see what I'm saying? Right. Well, you know, Harry O., I came too far to let this shit go, bro. Like, I, I got so much on my back. I got so many people that believe in me now. Uh, strong team from publishers to, you know, certain family members that I'm rocking with. You know, me and bro been dotting our I's and crossing our T's. A lot of different things are going on behind the scenes that's um, fulfilling, uh, you know, just letting me know that this is how this shit is really supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can never will I ever give up on the people uh, that believe in me, you know, my music will surpass me, man. This shit gonna live forever, man. It's a legacy I got, you know. Definitely. what I'm saying? Over this is 20 years in the game. Mm -hmm. This is hard work and dedication. And one thing music did, it taught, took me to a lot of places I would have never went. It entered, it, 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 um, it built relationships that I would have never had. You know what I'm saying? The magazine has also done that, you know, because that's a whole nother lane. So just starting that, you know, in 2010, you know, that bridged so many gaps. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, as long as I keep doing this shit, man, as long as I'm breathing, I got air in my body, bro. It's going to be a JDK album coming. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you that's is man. And I appreciate that, bro. Like just your grind and the way you stick to it. Just my my whole platform, JDK, the Melanated Convo, man, is about having like intricate conversations with black people from all walk of life. All right. of us are trying to go to the same place. But. Right. A lot of our brothers and sisters got to work a regular job and got to do what they do for their family. I get that. But really, right. the freedom comes in doing something you love every day. That's right. I think that's damn near the secret of life. So I like talking to people who are in some way 
being creative and moving in a direction where they are navigating it and you getting the best out of it because you don't right. know how long you're going to be here. You know right. what I mean? So you got to spend your time wisely. The thing is this, it's okay to work a nine to five job, uh, ladies and gentlemen, young people, because everybody can't be that rapper. Everybody can't be the magazine individual, whatever. This is my calling from God, bro. I've been doing this shit, you know what I'm saying, for so long that it's, it comes natural now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't even be myself. You know, if, if that's like a person with a gambling habit. Man, if you take them away from the, the casino for too many years, they're going to get the shakes. You know what I'm saying? can't take me away from what God made me to do. So this may not be everybody's gifts, but just, just for you young black brothers out here watching, you can be anything you want, bro. You can be the next director. You can be a doctor, lawyer. You know what I'm saying? You can be the firefighter, police officer, whatever you want to be. It's okay to, to veer off and to be, you know, something else but try, besides just trying to chase this rap dream and certain things like that because that's where a lot of people fail. Like, I see a lot of youngsters in the city getting knocked down and all of that, bro, and they could have been something else. Mm. You know, rap wasn't it for them, you know what I'm saying? Because one thing, rap, you know, entertainment, you have to have discipline. You have to have structure and you have to have a plan. You can have a million views and all that shit don't matter. All of that numbers, running it up, because if you ain't monetizing your business and getting your money, it don't matter that you got the million views. So you could have invested time into doing something else, maybe a career, college plan, or something uh, that would have been positive and productive, you know, and ensured your lifestyle instead of trying to chase what you see on TV or your big mm. brother, cousins, and all of them do or whatever. You know, dare to be different. You know, I love when I meet a, a youngster and he ain't a rapper. And he ain't, he's just him. He's just doing what he's doing. He's in the whatever, whether it's be branding or whatever, because independent is something that everybody can be. Mm. And man, it's, it's, it's so funny you say that, JD, uh, JDK, because I know a lot of young dudes who try to dibble and dabble in street shit and their whole philosophy be, I want to be independent. I don't want to work for nobody. I don't want to work for nobody. That shit sounds good. But working for yourself, I, I tell them, you think it's hard working for somebody. It's harder working for yourself. Man, I go through so much shit. You got to keep up on your business, your books. You got to make sure this is straight. You got to, you know, and then me being a chief editor, you know, I, I navigate the whole system. Where a lot of the young dudes uh, mess up at, they 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 have talent. They have, uh, um, you know, product. But they have the mentality of put me on. Mm. You have to put yourself on. You have to, anything you want, you can Google. You can Google BMI, you can Google ASCAP, you can self-educate, it's tutorials out there. Um, it's a lot of resources that are online. It's DistroKid for, for your music to be distributed because I play business, bro. I don't play rapper. Like I told mm -hmm. you, full distribution, shots out to Empire, you know, and um, I'm needed now records. You know, I come to the table as who I am. The Sackleport Magazine, that's another brand. So it's like, I come to the table ready to swing the bat, mm -hmm. you know? And everybody ain't going to strike it out the park, my nigga. So it's all good to have that secondary hustle, you know what I'm saying, and start maximizing and using your brain on other things that you can elevate in and bag out, you feel me, and stack your money in, you know what I'm saying, because niggas ain't, everybody ain't going to go platinum. I've right already had a point in my, my life where I'm willing to grind and sacrifice. But if you don't have this level of dedication, don't even waste your mama, your baby mama, your homeboys, the ballers, the niggas around you money. Don't even waste them niggas' time, bro, because you're not ready for the business. Mm. You, you ready to rap. You ready to go. You ready to gas. You ready to, nigga, but you ain't ready for the business. And it's, you know what? Because earlier you mentioned how difficult it was to put out an album back in the day. I think, JDK, that's a part of 
why the music is where it is now it's too accessible like all you need is a computer and fruity loops you can make the song right in your house which has created a lot of superstars and created yeah. a lot of opportunities but at the same time if you had to get up and travel 18 miles to the studio pay for studio time make sure it was booked you're gonna think twice before you just do that shit. you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah the bathroom rappers is winning you know what i'm saying the open <laughs> I shit on the toilet, you know what I mean? And, and making these days, it don't matter. My, you know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, you have to go to a real studio and book real times and deal with real engineers, and that might have been out your budget. The mm -hmm. price, the price tag of I always say this in my interviews, dog. The price tag of music scared niggas away from trying to get involved with it. When you figured mm -hmm. out it actually cost you to complete an album, you didn't want no smoke with this music shit. You was real. Back to the to the track, you know what I mean, or whatever, whatever. Like niggas couldn't afford rap back in the days. I mean, you nigga, a nigga could put a thousand dollars to the side, and he might have an album right now hmm. with yeah. booty loop beats or whatever, whatever. You know, do eight yep. tracks, pay an engineer sixty seventy to mix them up, upload them to his distro kit, get a get a, a, a cat to do a cover for fifty bucks. Wasn't no fifty dollar uh, covers and eighty dollar covers back in the day. Niggas was charging twenty five hundred for that cover. Damn. Yeah, like yeah, that that uh, uh, a shitty Crucifino album my brother did. Mm -hmm. We paid almost three thousand dollars for that. Damn, just for the cover, bro. Damn, that's a level of dedication right now. Dude, excuse like me. Re Realism or reality was it was the one we paid. Realism, Realism reality. reality that was before shitty Crucifino. That album cover was done by Funky Fat Graphics. It was a price. I that remember Funky Fat Graphics. Yeah, he. That's why I met Master P at for the first time. And, uh, you know, I would run into people with likes of that, you know, in, in, the, in the event that, you know, we kept doing music and all the shit that we love to do, we would always see bump heads with hustlers. And that's another thing that motivated me, just being able to fuck with Dre and, you know what I mean, and uh, the Jack, me and my brother, and you know what I mean, a lot of people I was on a roll with and just had, got to have real conversations, you know, just, just as men, you know what I mean, sharing their, their energy with me or whatever, whatever. That shit sharpened my blades a lot. You real know? shit, that's why... I, you know, I consider you, that's why I'm always hold you in high esteem, bro. I consider you a legend from our city. Like everything, because we've been talking here today and I made sure I kind of brought out like the process of your journey and who you've been around, like who you've been able to rub shoulders with, like JDK. That's successful, bro. Like success is a personal journey. Right. That shit ain't got nothing to do with what somebody else did or what's, or, or, or how somebody else view success. Right. In my opinion, you've been thoroughly successful. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And God is going to keep blessing me, bro, because I got a humble spirit. You know what I mean? And I'm willing to I know how to work with people. I know how to accept things. I, I've learned how to accept being wrong and correct them wrongs because that's all part of elevation. You know, if you run around here with your ego on a hundred and thinking you the nigga, I never wanted to be the king of the city and nothing like that. I just wanted to be JDK, the underboss, you know, and I did a good job at doing that. That's why we able to sit down as men and have a manly conversation and understand each other from your walk, your walk of life and my walk to my walk of life, you know, and I love you for supporting, you know, everything I had going on for all them years and being a true listener of the music, because that's valuable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. the, the people who have that energy that you have are the people that I actually display my music for. And I give them uh, the best of me every time, bro. And my right hand to God, you know, this, this Friday, it's a blessing. So make sure y'all got y'all streams ready, y'all Spotify's, y'all Apple's, Y'all Vivo, because I'm on every digital platform and I work to deserve that. And whatever you got, you can listen to me on. It ain't no excuses. The album going to pop up right then and there. 
Yep. Now, just before we leave, give everybody a quick glimpse into the research junkie. Like why the title, like what direction were you going in with this album? There we go. There we go. <laughs> That's the direction. I look at, I look at motivation every day, bro. Like I said, I, I really just need to go into my own bag and go into myself and step away from a lot of this fake shit that be going on or whatever out here and just self-educate and do some research. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, you got to think bro on some real life. You know what I'm saying? We in a, we in a world now where we dealing with like a war is going on. It's rap beefs going on. It's, and, and, and people ain't making it home off the shit off senseless violence. We it's mass, mm -hmm. mass shootings, gang violence. You know what I'm saying? I mean, pretty yep. much, you know, Black Lives Matter scenarios, COVID-19, and you know what I mean? And we seeing all of this shit plastered on CNN. So it was only right for me to research, you know, the information I have and give you the best piece of me that I could possibly give you in the serious world that we living in. I ain't mm. going to time and give you no bullshit. You know, we, lo we losing legends and people that have potential to be the best that they can every day. You know, so, I mean, I'm thoughtful about my actions. Um, I want to say before we get out of here, for sure, I want to definitely say, um, shouts out to Airplay uh, Beats. They produced the whole project. Sincerely, you know, they brothers. Uh, Lion Chi, you know, I got some great uh, people that's entertaining on this album as far as features. Ether 500 from the town. I got Ryder J. Clyde, Lil Sway, J. Ali, one of Sacramento's knock, knockout uh, uh, R&B kings. You feel me mm -hmm. out here? Uh, so it's a great project, bro. It's 10 songs. It's all brand new music. Um, I want to I want to say again, um, rest in peace to street knowledge. Yeah, I just seen that. Yeah. You know, and again, like I couldn't stress it, you know, enough. That's been on my shoulders and on my my heart a lot. And I want to just, uh, you know, give him his, his, his give him his love that he deserved, you know, and, and these interviews I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Y'all make sure y'all run his catalog up and uh, check check him out. You know, great artist, you know, connected to the Jack and connected to us and sack connected to the town in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm a real nigga, bro. I never forget the people that I ate with or, or people that I just sat down with and, and, and had real conversations with, you know, that was my little bro. You know, he always called me big breath, you know, when he seen me. So, you know, my heart goes out to him, his family, his kids and everything. But as far as the research junkie, bro, like a lot of that pain that we go through, I put some of that up in there. I endured it with love. I put some in there for the ladies, you know what I'm saying? I, mm -hmm. I put some in there for the radio. I try to just balance everything that's going on, bro. Do my research as a legend in the music, you know what I'm saying? And and, and really give y'all the best I can give y'all. You feel me? And I feel like I did a great job. DJ Luke mixed and mastered the whole project. You know, my, my guys produced it entirely. So I was in my zone, bro. I, I stepped out of my element. You know, I left the city to do mm -hmm. the project, you know, just to get away, just to kind of have some uh, seclusion. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Bro, I feel like I fulfilled this shit. I knocked it out the park, bro. Research this Friday, September 2nd. JDK on the balls. Definitely, definitely. So everybody, make sure y'all cop that album. If you haven't, just go in back and listen to the catalog. I have title. Like, any streaming platform you own, if you go listen to his catalog, tap in with the brother. Everybody out there who enjoy good hip-hop, this brother has been making music for a long time and it's quality you feel me so jdk do me a favor man tell everybody your social media handles like where can they find you online you can find me at on ig at jdk needed now um if you want to advertise with the sack report magazine this is the 25th issue right here you can hit us at sack report mag underscore mag and it'll come right up you know what i'm saying you can contact me at 
everythingmags at gmail.com. That's everything mags like magazine m-a-g-s at gmail.com. Uh run my shit up, bro. Uh all, all my music is under JDK the underboss. Two words. That's JDK and then the underboss. D-A-U-N-D-A-B-O-S-S. So if you Google that, you it all the plat on all the platforms, you're gonna see shit rising up. Um, if y'all want to advertise in the magazine, again, like I said, you know, make sure y'all tap in. We got a 26 issue gonna be up next. Uh Bueno's gonna be featured on that. You know what I'm saying? So we got some surprises in, in the near future. I, I'm not gonna give y'all everything, but just Follow me on at JDK Needed Now on IG and, and, and all the updates. You know, you can click the link in the bio and that'll take you to all my platforms. You know, again, my I got a Vivo channel with some great, great music videos on there. I got over, mm -hmm. you know, five albums available, four albums available now that you might not have heard. Research, uh, uh, The Extremist, New Agenda, Inside the Underboss, Last Boss Respected, great music. You know what I mean? All of that shit is available right now. Slap it in the trunk, man, and, and get a bar of this real shit. You know what I'm talking about? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Appreciate. Well, I appreciate, definitely. I appreciate everybody for tuning in, man. And this is this is what this is about, man. I'm I he this brother is my friend, but it's really about highlighting talented, motivated, encouraging people because that's what we all need. We be on social media looking at all the bullshit. We got such a like he talking about with the album. We, we, uh, we got such an influx of bullshit, no matter where you look. When we actually need positive energy, y'all, we actually need to be motivated and moving forward, especially when you black in America. So much shit we got to deal with. You got to step outside of that and think about your family. Think about 50 years from now. The brother been talking about his legacy. And he, that's look. All you got is your legacy. People talk about people live forever, whatever, whatever you believe in. Cool. But I think it's based on what you did when you was here. Right. Long as you did what you were supposed to do when you was here, you definitely gonna live forever, man. So this is your brother Harrison, the Melanated Convo Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Go to the new website, melanatedconvo.com, where you can find all the episodes. You can find the information about history I post, all the news stories. My IG is melanatedconvo100. You can find the clips of the show there. YouTube is the Melanated Convo. We're gonna keep bringing you these conversations, family. This is your brother Harrison, my brother JDK, man. We out.